Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And this show was presented by Mercury Mile. Mercury Mile is fusing fashion and function for runners of all abilities, and it just takes three easy steps. Go to mercurymile.com, enter your sizes and preferences, and you'll get a wonderful box of running apparel and goodies that are always seasonal, that are definitely going to fit what you're looking for, not only from a size perspective, but also just high quality stuff that is usually like really like in season, in style. And I know this because I'm not someone who's in style. So when I get a Mercury Mile box, I'm always like, oh, this stuff's really good. And certainly a huge step up from the stuff I already have. And I know you'll feel the same way. So go to Mercury Mile. Dot com use rambling runner 10 as the code also when you go there sign up for their newsletter so they send out a newsletter every week or two it's not going to spam your inbox but it will put you on to any sales that they have and their sales are legit so their prices are always high quality they're always really good really high quality stuff with good prices However, they do have sales that make a difference. So you'll want to check that out as well. I usually get a box every season and it really hooks me up. So they've been sponsoring the podcast for over a year. So give them a shout, mercurymile.com. So this Coach's Corner episode is with my coach, James McCurdy. And we had this conversation in light of a conversation that we previously had about a week ago, like a five to 10 minute conversation. I get into it in the episode, but basically the point is this. I have anxiety about even putting a race on my calendar. So we talk about that. We also talk about just people who have general race anxiety or anxiety about achieving you know, what they have in the past or a certain goal that they might have. So we talk about different kinds of race anxieties that are out there, not just my own. And he does a wonderful job of expanding on a lot of different things. And I think you'll really like it because, as always, James is a very thoughtful guy who's experienced a lot and is able to bring those experiences to bear in all of our conversations. So I hope you like this episode with James McCurdy. Hey, guys, one more thing before we get started. I forgot to mention that in this episode, James and I drop a couple expletives. So if you're traveling with the little ones, um, might want to move on to the next podcast before listening to this one. Uh, but I just want to give you fair warning because most of my shows um, are pretty clean. Uh, however, this one is not. So just fair warning before you get started. Thanks. James, my man, welcome back to the Rambling Runner podcast. Thank you. It's been a hot minute. It has. It has. So I'm, I'm glad that you uh, you can join me. This is like a a special edition of Coach's Corner, very topical edition of Coach's yeah. Corner. Um, just to set the stage, we spoke. Normally we record all of our conversations, but we had like a, like a five-minute chat the other day. Um, you know, I'm starting to get back into it, run a little bit um, here and there as I you know, get, get, kind of get back on my feet from some health stuff. And um, at the end of our conversation, you're like, all right, you know, like we're going to put some runs in there, 30 to 40 minutes. We'll just keep, we'll do this for a little bit. And then we'll just continue to build up after a couple weeks. And then in two months, we're going to get you on the, the starting line for a 5K and, um, you know, and, and just kind of see where you're at. And when you said that, it was a perfectly innocuous thing. 
no big deal, not even a surprise. And when you said that, my whole body tensed up as just the thought of being on a starting line. It was like this instinctual reaction. And then I like couldn't get it out of my head for like 24 straight hours. And I was like, all right, we need to record a conversation about this because this is obviously <laughs> a situation for me. Just even like thinking about a raise has now gotten to the point of like an anxiety inducing experience. Well, let, I, I was talking to Heather about this uh, earlier uh, moments ago. And, and I certainly have been thinking about it since you, you said you wanted to have a, a conversation about it. And man, my thoughts fly when, 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 when I'm talking to somebody with, uh, or who's battling with race anxiety, workout anxiety, um, there's all sorts of reasons as to why they go through that. Um, so we got to figure out, number one, what are the root causes of this for whoever, for you specifically, because we're talking about you and what it is you want to accomplish, but kind of try to hit the nail on the head for a few different things. But ultimately, honestly, I, I think people just care too much. You know, I think they care too much about what other people are going to think if they quote unquote fail. I think they have this, and I, I don't know if, if they is the right term, if, if it's very common to have this feeling of I'm not where I was before and I know I'm not going to run as fast as I did before. So therefore, why even go out there and do it? And it can be paralyzing. It can be paralyzing uh, to, to get back on the line. Uh, that fear can kind of almost be self-sabotaging. Yeah, so I had an initial reaction, but I think there are other things that come up um, at various other points. So my initial reaction, I think, stemmed from, and I've mentioned it on this show before, of I, don't, I cannot remember the last time that I had a raise, and there are varying degrees of reasons for this. So I'm not going to paint with a broad brush, brush from a, uh, a reasons perspective, but it's been, I don't even know when, maybe a decade since I did a race and I got to, I basically finished in the normal range of where someone would objectively say that my fitness was at. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons for that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go through the list. But um, some of them have been my own. Some have just been, you know, just bad luck. But anyway, no matter the reason, I think that was my initial thing. Um, But what you just brought up is absolutely true. I've had other moments where I've said to myself, like, why even bother racing if I'm not going to be as fit as possible or as fit as I can be or as fit as I have been in the past? But that wasn't the, the initial thought in the moment. It was definitely one of those, like, I don't know if I want to feel that way again of that disappointment after the race and then just questioning everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, so I've I've got a bunch of people racing tomorrow. Right. Uh, Cause we're recording this on a Friday Friday night, just to set the stage. Uh, And so some of them are are racing and I'm holding up air quotes. Not that anybody can see that. (laughs) Um, They're just going out there to run an effort where they feel like they can run another one to two to three more miles at that same speed. So they're not going all out. They're going to be competitive within themselves, but not 
use this as a fitness test. They're just going to go out there and run quickly, but not race it all out. They're not worried because they know what they can do. Um, I've got a few that are going to use this as a fitness test to say, okay, if all things go well tomorrow and you run the plan in the first third of the race and, and you feel good, well, then you should be able to go faster. Well, then you should be able to finish within 30 seconds of what we think for this six mile run. But if you don't, if you blow up, well, then you're probably not in the fitness we thought, or you're battling something that we just didn't know. And then I've got a few that are, are absolutely going watchless. They have no idea, or they're going to have no idea how fast they're going. They're just going to run this off of perceived effort. And the two or three people I have doing that, I think they're freaking out a little bit. I think they're freaking out because there's nothing to hide behind. There isn't a watch telling them you're going too fast. You need to slow down or you're going too slow. You need to, you need to pick it up. Is that why, is that why you're having them race that way? Yes. I want them to understand that the watch is useless. The watch means nothing. It's a tool, but it's not a tool that is mandatory. I mean, we've, we've had Garmin watches for, what, 10 years? How on earth did people find success before that existed? I don't think right? they did. I, I think, not I, think even. Someone, I think someone just broke the four-minute mile. Yeah, right. right? Wasn't, it, wasn't it Johnny Manziel's wife? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's like people long before us have been finding success without all this gadgets, without all the hoopla, with all the, honestly, all the bullshit that, that surrounds us these days. Why are we so obsessive about every little detail? Just go out there and do what you are born to do and enjoy yourself while you do it. Just have fun and race hard and know that you gave everything you had. And if you make a few mistakes, so be it. There's another weekend, you know? So one of my athletes, Laura Pierce, who, who just got accepted into the elite field in the Vermont City Marathon, we're really proud of her because um, she's at a level where she never thought she could get to. And this um, is Laura Pierce from Connecticut, not Connecticut, Laura Pierce from Michigan. Not Laura Pierce, from, not Nebraska runner. Okay. Um, yeah, it's odd. We have two Laura Pierce's. So this is my personal athlete. And she's running a 5K this weekend in New Haven, Connecticut. And uh, my, my exact uh, race plan to her was, you know, wear the watch for your warm-up, do your striders, go do all that, but then take it off and go out there and make a few mistakes. Go out there and run like you've got nothing to fear. And if you blow up, you blow up and we'll learn from it. You know, just go out there and have some fun because we've been so structured. We've been so structured. And she did really well. She actually dropped like four or five minutes in her half marathon over the past six months and ran like a 121.25 in, in Houston, which on a windy day was tremendous for her. But that was all pace. That was all organized. It was all very structured. I want you to run here and here and here and here. And I think for you, Matt, I think you need to get out of out of the structure a little bit. I think you're starting to find that right now. We have some some uh, some runs that are 20 to 30 minutes 30 to 40 next week just building just running by feel we're gonna throw some striders some hills in there but it's not going to take very long to get back to where you were it just who cares where you were before just let's just go out there and run let's just go out and have fun and burn you know 
almost yearn for the burning. Yeah. So I guess, I guess this is, this is not just a running thing for me. It's more of um, just expectation of um, when you put, for me, it's, it's, it's hard to divorce the idea um, or it has been in the past in terms of divorcing the idea of putting in mental, physical, and emotional time and energy into something. And then, and then um, I guess being okay with any result. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, being okay with, I made a mistake. I, I went out too hard being okay with, I didn't go out hard enough or I didn't move fast enough later in the race. I could have gone faster. Uh, and I, I'm, I feel more or less, uh, unfinished in whatever, whatever that was, whether it was a mistake by going out too hard or whether it was a mistake and not working as hard as you possibly could, whatever, whatever happens in the event that we decide that you're going to do, it's not really a mistake. It's just go out there and run and see what happens. I guess it's born out of. Um, expectations, right? Right. Like if you were, if you were to do something with no expectations, there would be nothing to feel, nothing, um, nothing to worry re- about, to, to regret, nothing to like. And this is why social media is the biggest crock of shit out there because we are obsessed, and we are becoming more and more obsessed with what everybody else thinks about us, rather than what we feel about ourselves and what our family. Uh, is how our family is supporting us. We are obsessed with all these little nuggets of, of, of trying to impress every which person uh, across the land, people we don't even know. Who gives a shit? Why don't we just relax, take a step back, and recognize that we do this out of pure joy and we find it fulfilling for ourselves? You know, I, I was talking to Heather about this earlier, and I, I feel like. I'm probably going to drop a few F-bombs in this, and I'm going to try to hold back, but... Don't worry. In in, in the (laughs) intro, I'm going to say this is not one that you should listen to when bringing the kids to school. Yeah. No, no, definitely (laughs) not. Um, Like, we have... We have athletes. We have athletes all over the world, and I, and I love that. I do. And, 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 And sometimes an athlete will reach out because they see success from other people, and they forget when they're when they first reach out that that person worked their ass off to see that result for themselves. And that person is giving you a window into their life. It is not something that we should demand on other people, but we are gifted a window into someone's life via Instagram or Twitter or whatever social media. And sometimes people, I'm not talking about the people that are out there trying to use Instagram or social media for their own personal gain, their own business gains. I'm talking about the regular people who are using it to share a piece of themselves because they choose to, uh, because they feel that maybe in their struggle or success, they might inspire others. We have one woman who ran an amazing marathon this past season. I mean, absolutely amazing. And people reach out to her, almost picking on her for not sharing more of her life, more about her family, more about her children, more about her workouts and her paces. And I am so proud of the fact that she chooses not to and doesn't give in to all that nonsense 
because it's something that she chooses. She chooses what she shares because, and she's not, she's not trying to fulfill the expectations of other people. But all of a sudden we start getting thousands and thousands of followers. And all of a sudden it's very easy to start to feel like we are responsible for, for everything. And man, you're not, you are not responsible for somebody else's joy. You are responsible to, to do your best. And if that inspires other people, so be it, you know? And I, I think we need to get more into that than we need to start worrying about what other people are going to say or, or think. I mean, God, look at me. I haven't run a good marathon in my life, right, my, 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 compared to what I was supposed to be able to run. The right, last right. time I ran a marathon, I walked nearly the last eight miles. But shit, like, who cares? doesn't mean I'm, I'm less of a person. doesn't mean I'm, I'm less of a coach. It just means I had a really bad day. You know, and it's certainly not going to dictate how I train now. And I'm coming back and I'm feeling good. Um, and actually, so I have, I have an opportunity. Heather and I are going to be, um, we're going to be heading back to Connecticut a little sooner than planned. We're going to be heading back to Connecticut in early April on our way to Boston. And, and I was, I say all this because I, I feel like I'm talking to a mirror. And internally, I almost didn't want to do a race in Connecticut uh, in the early part of April, because I'm not where I was internally. I'm saying this out loud because it, it happens to me too. And I had to catch myself because it doesn't matter. Like it, it, who cares? I'm, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to run what I'm capable of running on that day. Good weather, bad weather. I make a mistake. I don't make a mistake. I feel really good. I bonk, whatever. I hope I don't bonk. It's only three and a half miles, <laughs> but <laughs> You know, like, I'm just going to go out there and do what I love to do. And if I perform well, I'm going to celebrate it. And if I perform miserably from my own standards, I'm going to celebrate that too. Because I wasn't able to run the last six months. And now I get to run again. Right. So that's, see, that is something that I've never, that I have failed to do well. Is once, if I'm just playing a sport, that I've recently just picked up, right? So say like you and I are going to go out and play ultimate Frisbee, right? Like I've played before. I know the rules. I can just jump into a game. I'm probably going to have fun. I'm not going to get pissed off. If I'm not playing well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or if I do something stupid, I'm going to be able to handle it. But if you, but if I were to go play basketball right now, yeah. And I start playing poorly. Like I'm going to be a huge head case. Like I'm going to be like, like person, like inside of my own head, I'm going to be all over the place. So like, this is something that's kind of been consistent. And I think it's probably is born out of expectation and it's probably some sort of lack of willpower or Lord knows what, but um, it's definitely been something that's been consistent. So it's something that I don't, I don't, I don't like hold this feeling as like proof of anything besides my own, um, my own inability to like handle something because like, it's not something I'm proud of, you know, but I, like, I remember like that first, that, that during that 24 hour span after you said like, Hey, we're going to get you on the starting line again. My, like I spent the next 24 hours trying to think of how I could like go the next rest of my life without racing. <laughs> just like just doing workouts, like no races the rest of my life. That was like my reaction to that was like, I, that was like the initial gut instinct. And again, this is all in my head. It's not at all 
a vision of reality of like, I feel like people are looking at me or going to judge me. Like this has been going back a while. So I brought it up in terms of just like, I'm aware that it's a, I'm aware that it's a defect or a flaw or how, you know, whatever, whatever, however you want to phrase it. But it was definitely what I was thinking. So I wanted to like to share well, it because 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 it, it, it's something that I feel like I want to get past because like, you know, part of the reason I do this is to try to try to get to when I start re-embracing running, the idea was, hey, I don't think I've become the athlete that I want to become and I want to do it. I finally want to put in the time and sustained effort to get to a level where I can say, you know what, I put everything into it and this was my result, whatever it was. And that was kind of. You know, that was my why, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because you, you said something inside of that that I think we should unpack a little bit. That is my flaw or my defect, something like that, that you just yeah. said, right? Yeah. But it's not. It's not. It's, it's, it's a, natural, it, a natural emotion to – and that's not a flaw. It's not a defect. It's a natural emotion to want to be better. It's a natural emotion coming from the background that you have, a collegiate athlete, someone who, who worked very hard and saw success doing it. It's a natural reaction to, to question, can you get there again? I've got an athlete who's, who, who's, who's on her way back from an injury. Um, and it's interesting. So her name's, her name's Heather Peck. She lives in Connecticut. She's 57 years old now. She's a wonderful person, uh, analytical, knowledgeable, incredibly fit and strong. Um, and unfortunately, she had a, a hamstring issue that we, even her, doc, her team of doctors thought was okay. Actually, it turned out she, she tore part of her hamstring inside of the Chicago Marathon this past fall. And she had to take a long time off. It wasn't a complete, it wasn't majorly, it wasn't a surgical issue, but she, it did require her to take, you know, 10, 12 weeks off. And then she started back with run walking and then a little bit. And I remember inside of that first four weeks, she said, I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to run Boston because she's registered for Boston. I don't know how I'm ever going to run Boston or, or, or even be able to come anywhere near what I was, I was able to run. Um, I said, and we had we had a few heart to hearts, and we continue to have these heart to heart discussions. That you don't need to worry about what's happening three months from now, two months from now. If we decide that that that's an event that you do two months from now, we just need to focus on what do you need to do this week, and in this week, were you consistent enough to build on fitness that you had last week and the week before, and over the course of these past two and a half months. She went from running easy runs around 840 to nine minutes and feeling like that was hard to now this past weekend on the Boston Marathon course, she ran 16 miles at 719 average with easy running and marathon pacing there. She just did four by two miles at 644 down to 630 pace in a workout where three months ago she was questioning whether or not she was even going to be able to get to the line. So every level of athlete, and she's one of the world's best at her age group. Certainly, she's an elite runner, one of the world, and I, I truly mean that. Um, I think she's got potential to set a world record in the next few years for her age group. And even someone at that level still goes through those emotions of, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get back to where I was, and that's natural. 
But don't let that little bit of fear take away from the joy that you feel by doing it. You had an athlete run 10 miles the other day, uh, a few weeks ago, about four weeks ago, right? Yeah. And in that conversation, he ran pretty darn close to what you expected, right? Yeah, almost hit it right in the button. Within seconds? Yes. Would your joy for him, would, would there have been any disappointment in him for you as his coach if he was three minutes off? No, I wouldn't have been disappointed in him in any way. Right? Because no. you're coming at it from a different point of view. You're looking right. from the outside in. We, we have to be able to take a step back sometimes and look at ourselves or try to from the outside in and recognize it's okay. Now, I guess I have some questions that were posed because um, I put out there that we we're going to have this conversation. And some people uh, had some pretty insightful questions that I think relate to what we're talking about. Sure. And one, I know that I think these are fairly broad based that could apply to a lot of people. So here's one was, what do you do when ranks, when race anxiety is so great that you want to skip the race? So if this hasn't happened to you personally, if you're talking to one of your athletes and they had that feeling like, you know, you know a day or two before the race, how do you approach that conversation? So that actually happened this past fall to one of my athletes who was supposed to run a marathon in October. And she didn't feel quite right uh, physically, but it, from the conversations that we had, it was much more mental than it was physical. She wanted everything to be perfect. The race conditions, the body feeling perfect, everything needed to be perfect. And she wasn't ready emotionally to go out there and truly give it her best. And I said, skip the race. Eat the cost. Who cares? There'll be another race in a month. You know, if, if, if this fear is so strong that you don't even want to line up, well, then, and you have a performance goal, you know, you want, you're actually trying to go out there to be the very best version of yourself. I think there's moments of that that we all kind of go through, like, oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't go out, out there. But if this is truly paralyzing, well, then I think there's some bigger issues going on and, and maybe there's some, some therapeutic help that an individual can take if this is truly that far off the deep end. But if it's just a little bit of fear, like, oh, like, I mean, just go for it. You know, just take off the watch, throw away any expectation you have and just go out there and do what you know how to do. Um, so for this individual, though, uh, my, my athlete, we skipped the race. We skipped the race completely, and she, did, she ran another marathon uh, uh, a month later. Turns out she ended up having the flu, uh, but she still, still ran a PR for a, about three minutes with the flu. Wow. All right. I have another question. This is from our friends over at Run for PRs. Victoria yes. sent in a question. She okay. says, this is addressed to me. I think it's addressed to me personally, but I think it can be um, extrapolated out as well. So, do you think race anxiety is linked to regular anxiety? And do you have, do you have this? Do you have this as an issue? Uh, and I know Victoria, so she's not just asking that of someone she doesn't know. Um, you know, we, you know we're, we're friendly. We've, we've been friends for, for a while now. So I can say that I think it is related for me to not anxiety because I don't, I don't have anxiety issues per se. Um, obviously we're talking about, you know, this little, this little, you know, 
isolated this situation. Now, I can say, Victoria, that I do have um, I do think that I'm suffering um, from some level of depression. So I have started seeing a therapist for that. And I do think that um, that part of what James and I are talking about now is probably related to that on some level uh, from the, again, I'm not an expert in this field. Um, I'm just starting to learn more about it as I go, but probably related on some level to the negative self-talk and self-judgment and shame that I felt for many years. Um, and there's probably a lot of well, James and I are discussing that, that not you know, a lot of it, but certainly a portion of it that's connected to that. Um, James, I don't know if you can speak to any of this in terms of just race anxiety being connected to bigger issues Versus just it can happen to anybody and, you know, it, it can just be one of those things. Yeah, I think I think it's such a personal thing that it's you, it's it's hard to put into a jar. You know, Victoria's question is very specifically about you. Uh, my example of my athlete is very specific about her and to the thousands of listeners each person has their own issue or not that they may or may not be dealing with. But I think what I find as a coach in, in my near 18 years of, of, of some form of coaching, I do see a correlation with it uh, in some respects. It's, it's if someone is showing anxiety in one aspect, it can very easily sneak into other areas or maybe because it's in other areas of their life, it very can easily sneak into a, an athletic area. Um, I do see a correlation with it, but, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I just notice that it does come up. So one of the things that I, I do ask uh, and try to get personal is what, what are you afraid of? What, what is the worst that can possibly happen out of this specific scenario? And does this affect anything else in your life? You know? Um, And if those questions are answers that are, needed to be investigated further well then we 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 recommend some therapy or sports psychologist or a mental therapist for for some serious issues right last one and this is more of a joke one we had a lot of questions about needing to pee at the start line oh Um, god so i'm gonna i'm gonna say this as someone who also (laughs) i've also experienced this many times i'm never gonna forget the my senior year of high school the state track meet Last event was the four by 400 meter in Rhode Island. It's always the last event. And, you know, we, I participated in that and I must've gone to the bathroom. I don't know, 3000 times that day. And then I'm sitting there, I'm the second or third leg. And as my teammate is about 200 meters away, <clears throat> excuse me. I swear to God, I thought I was going to pee myself right there in lane two on the track <laughs> at, at Brown stadium. Um, and like all things, especially nervousness at the starting line, I have felt as long as like you've at least like, you know, you're an adult, you know, when you when you actually you can reason it out like, hey, I've had a lot of water. I need to go to the bathroom. If you can reason out that there should be no actual reason where you need to go to the bathroom. I have found that the minute you start that that need as well as your nerves fade away before you've even like, you know, gone 25 yards. There is there is something uh, in the cold weather, I, I don't know if this is the term, but I, I believe it's called hyperneutremia, where in cold weather, just before some, some harsh physical exercise, it's like you can't stop going. And that's happened to me 
so many times. Oh, it's bad. It's why I wear black spandex all the time. <laughs> it makes me wonder. You see those huge lines at porta potties before a race. Oh yeah. I wonder how many of those people go in shooting blanks. So it has had to be a, like fifty percent. I've had a few athletes actually pee themselves in the race. Oh, that yeah. was actually another question. All yeah, right. it's it's happened. It's it it. it I, I don't know a single male that's done it, uh, but I've had some female athletes that have done it in the past. Um, it, it's, it's, it's common. It's, it's a common thing. Um, maybe not like one out of two, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. So here's another question that we had, and it was something that I've long thought about. So I don't race a lot. Mm. So and someone asked the question of, do you think that race anxiety for some people can diminish if they race more with the idea of obviously being the more, more you familiarize yourself with it. Maybe that, 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 you know, you just get used to that feeling and maybe even maybe just used to, you know, Hey, I'm not going to run my best all the time. It just becomes, you know, just kind of comes with the territory. Mm. I think uh, again, this is so individualized. Mm -hmm. I have a new athlete, brand new athlete who, um, who has some, some goals for himself. He wants to break six hours in the marathon, try to get down to four and a half hours. It's a great goal for him. I'm really excited for him. Um, and he sent me his race schedule <laughs> and, and the guy has a race like every single weekend between now and, and CIM. And I said, Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. See, so uh, people who don't know CIM is the first weekend in December. Yeah. Uh, I, I said, there's no way on God's green earth. You're doing all these, like we can choose a few of these, uh, as events and a few of these as races, but you are not like, I already told him, like he had a, he had a half marathon scheduled for this weekend tomorrow. Actually, I said, you are not running that. Like it's not happening. It's going to take you three plus hours to get it done. It's not good for you. We're just starting out. You're not doing it. Um, and I think, I think for new athletes, um, it's very common to see racing all the time. Uh, and I think for more, for athletes that are very experienced, I think some, it's very common to start chasing. I find that when an athlete, it's very rare for an athlete to be racing all the time who's not chasing something, chasing their, their goal time or PR. It does happen. You know, we have a few athletes that go out there and race often. But more often than not, athletes who want to race all the time are also trying to be their best all the time. And it's a, it's, you're going to break. It's going to happen, except it if you don't, at some point, the body can only take so much and you can't make decisions for people. But I think it's very common to find athletes who choose to race every single weekend, especially longer distance events, that they, 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 they are going to try to be their best every single time or expect that the next weekend, oh, I'm going to be able to set a PR the next weekend. Well, no. That's, that's probably not going to happen because your body needs recovery, right? Um, so I, I find – I don't know if it's race anxiety, but I think it's performance anxiety, this anxiety to want to always – to want to always try to be their best in every single event that they do. It's very difficult to be uh, on, the, on the line and hold back, to not run. So tomorrow, John is running a 10K, one of my athletes, John. Um, and his orders are to not disobey speed limits. I specifically don't want him running his best tomorrow. And that's very difficult to do when there's prize money at, at stake. 
it's very difficult to do when he could very well win the race. It's always hard for me to do when I have a chance of winning prize money. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think we prize money could mean anything. I, I, I know some, some people who just chase races for prize money, which is fine. It's wonderful if that's what you want to do. But take away the expectation of running to the best of your ability because those do right. not go hand in hand. They do not. Right, exactly. Just if you were going to be, just if you were a writer and said, "I'm going to put out two books a year," it's like great, but don't expect to write the great American novel either. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, I mean, every there are some people that can show reserve. I, I think, but um, yeah, I, I find that people who race all the time have a very difficult time holding back and, and using that race for a purpose for their overall fitness. Right. That that's been my experience. I don't know everybody though. Right. I think that racing more will help me because I race so infrequently, but I, I think, agree. but I think that there's, I think there's probably a point of diminishing returns as well. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we don't necessarily need to be in events and have the expectation that we are going to set a PR, but I think what you need to do uh, over the next six months is number one, get healthy, be healthy, stay consistent with your training. Uh, but, and you can't do that unless you're healthy. Uh, but put yourself in environments that you want to be in, you know, whether it be a 5k or a 10k or a half marathon without expectation of, of I'm going out there to try to run my personal best. We'll just set the plan of attack that makes sense for you for that event. What are we trying to get out of this event? This is what we're going to be working on in this event. Let's do this. Let's execute this. And let's just focus on this aspect and not worry about all the other hoopla. Right. Right. All right, then, man. So, so I, I think in two months, as long as you're healthy and as long as you've been able to be consistent, I think that's what we should do. And as long as it fits your, your, your family life schedule. But yeah, you know, I, I, really want, I really want that. I, I really think that it would be a good thing for you. And I think it would be a good thing for you as a coach to kind of overcome some of these things. Yeah, I think you're right about that. That's for sure. All right. See, I see that's the thing. So I got to stop bringing on, you know, these, these really, you know, some of my athletes are pretty good, man. Like, yeah, they're, they're better than me. It's intimidating. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I know all about that. You know uh, all about that. I know. Oh, gosh. Oh. I'm working with this new, this new, uh, this new girl. Uh, her name's Courtney. Uh, very nice, very bright. Uh, recently graduate of uh, of college. She's one of the best steeplechasers in in the country. Uh, oh, were you, was she the one you were working with today? Yes. Yeah. On on, uh, on Instagram, if you saw that. Um, and she's a peach. She's really smart. I'm really excited to be working with her. Um, but yeah, she's better than me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, 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 which I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed to say that she's, she's at a different, she's at a level, uh, in her collegiate, uh, from her collegiate career that I never attained. Not, a, not, not even close, but there's still things that I'm going to be able to bring for her of value to help her become even better. Um, same thing with John. I, I'm not, I'm not touching anything that John is running as he trains for the Boston's not even close. Sarah Bishop, you know, she, she's a trial squad, Crystal Harris trials qualifier, Stephanie Andre, you know, all these people are so much better than, than I have become so far. You know, I, I still have visions for myself of what I want to accomplish, but it is fun to work with all levels of athletes. It is. And, and I, and I hope as you start to coach more, 
you don't shy away from somebody who's much slower than you and who's that much faster than you because it's the same stuff and it's all valuable information that can serve somebody. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I definitely have people at both ends of the spectrum. So yeah, James, this has been fun. Thank you so much for hopping on. Absolutely. I'm going to go finish my beer and uh, probably play ticket to ride. If my bride is up for it. There you go. I, that, I'm assuming that's a board game, or is this a, or is this a euphemism? No, no, no. <laughs> it is a board game. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> all right. right. We'll tell definitely, Heather I said hi, and I'll talk to you later. Definitely not something for the kids to, to listen to. There you go. There you go. All, all right, right. Talk to you later. Bye. James, thanks again for coming on the show. This was fantastic. Also, shout outs to Mercury Mile, Megaton Coffee, and the Lowell Running Company for sponsoring this episode as well. Use codes RamblingRunner10 at both Mercury Mile and MegatonCoffee.com. And if you're looking for a coach, the kind of conversations that I just had with James, you can be having with the coaches at Lowell Running Company. Wonderful coaches, the whole lot of them, and I can't recommend them strongly enough. You can check them out at lowellrunning.com. So thank you so much for listening, for sharing, for rating and reviewing all that stuff. It's so, I just feel so privileged to have you as a listener that you'll even spend time listening to this show. I honestly cannot thank you strongly enough. So again, thank you so much and happy running.